hello, hello. Welcome back to Ready, Set, Free podcast with your host, Kai Wilson, where I want you to be financially free, emotionally free, spiritually free, and physically free. So welcome back to all my regular listeners. Thank you for returning to uh, enjoy this next hour or so of time with me. Also, welcome to all of our new listeners. I appreciate anybody who has uh, just recently joined us. I know I've um, spoken to several people that have just joined um, in as a listener in the past week. I'm really happy about that. Um, I've actually started taking on some consulting clients. So that is pretty exciting, guys. Um, Thank you, everybody who's listening. Thank you for sharing, commenting, um, liking, subscribing. You saw last week, we were on a live, not a live, but it was a video recorded episode for Bullion. So you can always go to YouTube, Ready, Set, Free at YouTube and watch that episode. Also, I wanted to point out that my listenership is still growing. And again, it's not just U.S.-based, which still amazes me. Um, I have now passed the 33% mark of listenership in India. So that I'm, so, I'm pretty proud of that. So thank you guys in India for listening. I picked up some additional new countries. I now have Finland on my list. Um, I have Malaysia on the list, which is new. And I have Sri Lanka. So thank you guys all for listening in those other countries. I hope you enjoy the content. Please feel free to reach out to me on any social media places or my website is readysetfree.me and I would be happy to get back to you. Um, so today I'm going, this is a not a video recorded. This is a regular audio podcast today. And I have a caller on the line because my guest today is not here with me in the Atlanta area. He is at home in my hometown of Evanston, Illinois, but I am very happy to have him with me today. Um, You guys have heard me mention his name several, several, several times on many different episodes, Um, starting with episode one, when I talked about my upbringing and how I got into finance and um, who I looked up to, who I listened to, and who kind of took me under their wing. So on the phone with me today, I have my cousin, Jerome Summers. He is my guest. Hello, Jerome. Thank you for joining me. Hello, Kai. You're very welcome. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Thank you. Um, And even up to last week, so you guys have heard me mention his name so many times. And last week when I mentioned his name, I talked about how, um, you know, again, he kind of introduced me to bullion. And at one point in the recording, I said, oh yeah, Jerome likes to keep a piece of silver on his body at all times, one ounce of silver. And I thought about it, I was like, hmm, I wonder if that's supposed to be public information. But then it kind of gave me the idea. I was like, let me just have him. I talk about you so much. I said, let me just have you come on with me for an episode and you can share your knowledge with everybody else because I'm sharing what you've shared with me and I'm I'm happy for anybody to hear it straight from the horse's mouth so I'm glad to have you on thank you for coming I'm not going to give you a formal formal um uh intro because it's it's a little more difficult for me because I know you um there's things such as your books and the businesses you've run I'm aware of all that but Jerome do you you want to take a couple seconds and let everybody know about yourself. They already know a little bit because I've shared a bit of your life, but 
you want to share some stuff okay. about yourself? Sure. Um, I'm from, all of us are from Evanston, Illinois. Our family's been here in Evanston for over 100 years, actually. Actually, on the same block since 1925. And I bought my family house, always telling them this is all of our home. It's not just my home. Anyway, um, I started, my father, he left when I was like three years old, and we all moved in with my grandfather. Was, I have three other siblings. But there were two other sets of cousins in the same house one of which was Kai's mother. She's a year older than me. And so when you're that close, when you sleep in the same bed, you take baths with these people, you wear the same clothes, you eat with them every day, your cousins become your brothers and sisters. So even though technically Kai is my cousin, she's really my niece. That's how I think about it. And, I mean, you know, she's my niece. That's, that's just how it is. Anyway, um, I'm number five of six boys, and, and anyway, when I was about 10 or 11 years old, my father came back, and we, we moved next door, actually, to my grandfather's house. But my father was uh, the kind of person he either liked you or didn't like you, and him and I, we just didn't get along. We didn't like each other. And he was a real kind of military guy, yes, sir, no, sir, right or wrong, good or bad, what's your assignment? Uh, follow orders, do what I say. You know, he talked to you like a drill sergeant, you know, and, but... I'm number five of six boys. I'm not scared of you. And so we always hit the wall. And finally, I just told him one day, I was fed up and I was, I don't know, 10 or 11 maybe. And I said, dad, all due respect to you, sir. I just don't like you. You don't like me. Why don't we leave each other alone? And from that day, I never asked him for one thing, nothing, not a hamburger, not a pair of socks. I mean, nothing, not a t-shirt. I started running errands, cutting grass, washing cars, shoveling snow. My mother even told me I had a hustler's heart. What I liked, is that I was making my own money that I didn't have to ask it for stuff because I had my own money. Um, when I was 14, I started hanging out in the pool room and my mother was horrified. <laughs> you know, I heard you in the pool room, young man. Yes, ma'am, I was in the pool room. What are you doing in the pool room? She's in the pool, ma'am. I'm pretty good at it, too. I kind of like it. She's like, oh, my God, that's my son. She said, I heard you a gambling. Like, no, ma'am. I made a bet that I knew I could win. That's not a gamble. There's a lesson in there. <laughs> If you know you can win, it's not a gamble. If you do your due diligence, or one of the keys to mastery is you find a master and apprentice, then it's a calculated risk. It's not a gamble. I'm talking about investing now. Let me so, let me stop you for a quick second because I just shared this on my Facebook group about gambling and investing. And so I'm just going to interject really quickly. There was a key okay. to what he said. If it is a calculated risk and the risk is on your side, <laughs> then it's more of an investment than a gamble. But when your odds are so low, it's a gamble. And when there's yes. no science to it, it's a gamble. Or if you don't know what you're doing, yeah. <laughs> or if you don't know what you're doing, exactly. Yeah. But even if you don't know what you're doing, well, the key is to find a master and apprentice. That's why we listen to this show right here, right now. Let me give you a little background with Kai, as a matter of fact. Um, her mother is a year younger than me, maybe a year older than me, older, yeah. but yes, a year older than me, but there were five or six of us that just stare stuff, bing, 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 one every year. So, um, I call my cousins, my brothers and sisters, and I call my brothers and sisters, my brothers and sisters. And so Marsha's, Kai's mother was 
I think I was 17 when she got married and had Kai. She was like 18. So Kai was the first baby of all of us younger ones. So she's not just her mother's baby. She's all of our baby. Her and her sister. They're just, they're all of our kids. I think of Kai as like my other daughter, really, technically. So, you know, I'm her cousin, but she's really, she's my baby too. So anyway, um, when she was a teenager, uh, when I was 17, I read this book, Think and Grow Rich. I took this class, Ruling Out of the Success Strategy, because I always liked money. My father would say, why do you like, why do you always talk about money all the time? He said, I don't need to be rich. I just need to be Kiss My A rich. So I always wanted to be Kiss My A rich, you know, KMA rich. <laughs> so all the devil's gold be KMA rich. You can say it on the podcast. I can't. All right, I want to be kiss my ass rich. That's always, you know, so somebody tells me, you better do this. I'll write you up. I'll write you up. You came from KMA, you know? Because <laughs> if you save and you invest and you got a big nugget, you got a big bankroll, you don't have to suck up to people. That's mm-hmm. the point. Yep. Anyway, um, so I always read books about money and stuff. Even as a kid, I did, you know? And I always saved because I knew I was, my father was the one that had the money. I wasn't going to ask him for anything. So I knew I better save whatever I got, you know. Anyway, so Kai, she's growing up. She's a teenager now. And and I bought her this book, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon. And it's a bunch of very short stories. And they all, there's a parable or lesson in, in all these stories about money, how to make money, or how to build wealth, actually. And, I mean, I got a lot of nieces and nephews. But she was the only one who took real interest. And she would come back and talk to me about it. And we would discuss these things. I was like, she was a teenager. Now, some of you have teenagers, and you know how hard it is to get them interested in something. And so then I took her to uh, this place where they sell bullion or sell gold, silver, all kinds of coins, all kinds of currency from different countries and all that kind of thing. And I bought her a gold, a silver coin. Now, I'll tell you why I did that, because at, at one point, I was talking to Robert Kiyosaki. Um, I mean, I know him. I, I met him taking a class in the basement of a shopping mall. It was like 25 people. Nobody knew him. He was nobody at that time. The rich dad, poor dad guy. Nobody knew who he was. But I took this class, and, and um, anyway, so later I called him, and I said, look, I'm having a cash flow problem because I had businesses. And he said, go get some bullion, put it in your pocket. Money has a vibe and it will attract more. So I used to carry a gold coin with me all the time. But when it went up to about $1,500 an ounce, I said, well, you know, I don't want to get jacked 1500 So I went back to silver coin, which I have in my pocket right this very second. And I always have it. And ever since I've had uh, silver in my pocket or gold, I've never, ever been broke. Um, I have, you know, I could tell you about all these different classes I've taken, uh, but you want to have a relationship with your money. I never talk badly about money. I never say disposable income or, or throw away money. I never. I might have discretionary income, but I don't have money to blow. And think about it like this. If you have a girlfriend and you talk badly about her all the time, is she going to stay with you? No. Because 
Why would she? Why would she put up with that? In the same way, I never talk badly about money. I'll tell you something else. If you have money and it burns a hole in your pocket and every time you look around, you spend every nickel you have. Now think about it like this. If you have a girlfriend and every time, you know, you look up, she's, you're telling her, well, I can't come today. I'll call you, but you may or may not call. You know, you got to go somewhere and do something. You got to go to a baseball game or to some kind of show or out of town or whatever without her. Is she going to stay with you? No, because you don't have any time for her. Well, if you spend every nickel you have all the time, you didn't spend your money. It left you because you didn't have time for it. Mm. Money <laughs> worth a happy relationship with you. So, you know, all millionaires, all people who are wealthy, they save, they tithe, and they invest. So I'll tell you something else that happened. I, I've always owned businesses since I was 17 years old. That's what I was going to um, say, Mom. Let's, let's get to... Yeah, I, I, okay. go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was going to, I was going to go to your business history. So Summer Sun Landscaping, oh. that, you know, that's the earliest I can remember at my age. Yes. Um, let me say this about bullion first, though. I, yesterday, just yesterday, I went to the, to the coin shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, the American Eagle or the Walking Lady Liberty came out in 1986, and I have one from every single year up until now. I went and got two yesterday, as well as a Chinese panda coin. And I like the panda because it changes its picture. It's one of the few currencies in the world that changes the picture every year. So it costs a little more, but I like that too. But yeah, I found out yesterday that they're going to come with a second um American Eagle at the middle of this year. So they're changing it or, or at the very least going to have two different versions, version one and version two. I just found that out yesterday. So anyway, that's enough about bullion, but, but just not suffice to say that I like it. Um, I like things I can see and feel and touch. I like bricks. I like real estate. I like art. I like diamonds. I like, you know, right. things I can pet. And that so may either run me, in the family or I picked it up from you. It may run. I, run. I don't know. It may just run because my father's the same way too. He likes the thing. Really? Touch hold. Well, I'm, I'm kind of an earthy guy. You know, I know I am. Uh, although I have no problem with people who like stocks, bonds. Um, actually, this year or early last year, middle of last year, Kyle was telling me about Bitcoin. So I said, okay, I'll put up a thousand. And I did. She really went to some little store and there's a machine there and you, you know, I put a thousand dollars in there. She, here, this is how you do it. And now that Bitcoin is tripled in value just in six months. I'm like, wow, who knew? So um, in the meantime, about in September, I bought a gold coin. It was like $2,000. And, but it hasn't gone up at all. Maybe 10 bucks. You bought, you you bought at like, the height. I sold. I sold at that time. You bought. <laughs> yeah. So I said, well, shoot. Because yeah, understand, two years ago, in, in 19, 2019, 2019, mm-hmm. gold was about $400 cheaper than it is now. Yeah, no, so, I got in. You told me to get gold I still lived in Vegas that's the first time you told me to actually buy gold and I remember our, yeah. our conversation it was $400 an ounce 
It was probably yes. around 2002, two, yeah, somewhere around there, 2002, maybe 2003, somewhere in there, early 2000s. I remember you calling me. I lived in Vegas. I had my insurance agency and you said, hey, we had a long discussion. You're like, you really should buy gold. And I don't remember everything you said, but I just remember buy gold and I remember $400 an ounce. Now at that time, I'm in my late 20s. And four hundred dollars okay. was a lot of money for me. But you know, I just opened a business. I've got these business expenses. I bought my first house in two thousand, so now I'm running. Out, you know, I own a home, and four hundred dollars was a lot. So I did not buy gold at that time. But some years later, I'd have to go through my records and see. But some years later, I finally bought it, and I didn't get it for four hundred dollars. I got it for. 800 a thousand you know when i was buying in 800 to probably yes, yes. something like that 800 to 1200 mm -hmm. ranges so yeah mm -hmm. when it got to 2000 i sold some of mine i was like hey hallelujah hey. <laughs> so thank well, you that's a good thing. thank you for that tip you're... to buy back in early 2000s yeah well you're welcome i wish i had bought more you know at that point <laughs> but anyway um I wrote a book just for the record making notes because you want to get this book. It's called Parable, Parable from the Outskirts of Polite Society. Yes. There's Parables from the Outskirts of Polite Society. There's a parable or lesson in every story. I've had a very exciting life. And so, you you know, where you get wisdom? You get wisdom from experience plus reflection. If you don't reflect, you don't get any wisdom. But, you know, and, and sometimes it's the ones that sting the worst that you get the, book, the most wisdom. Well, at a couple of times, I lost all of my money. I mean, all of it. Um, and it, it hurt because I grew up with, with nothing. I remember my first pair of pants that belonged to me, green corduroy pants, because there was four other boys ahead of me. I remember the first time I took a bath by myself and slept in a bed by myself. Um, my ex-wife said, well, why do you like being on the floor all, all the time? Well, nobody peed on you on the floor. Nobody, you know, pushed you out of the bed and had their foot in your face on the floor. Anyway, um, so this is just the first paragraph of what is money. It says, I'm writing this because on countless occasions, I have freely and carelessly thrown this word around thinking I knew what money is and what I was talking about. I was incredibly wrong. It cost me and millions of other people dearly on a daily basis. I felt the sting of losing everything twice. It forced me to question what I really know about money and ultimately to ask the question, what is money? And then after that is, you know, what is an investment? What is stock? What is bond? What is an asset? What is, you know, credit? What is, so, a, you know, all of that wrong. stuff. In yes. my Bitcoin introduction to Bitcoin classes, I I didn't correlate these two together, but I actually have a about six slides in my um, introduction to Bitcoin class. I, sh I have about six slides that is the same thing. The intro to that section is what is money? Because yeah. teaching Bitcoin and people who don't know a whole lot about it, obviously they're in the, the intro class. Once you've listened to um, the media for so long and the rumors, the rumor mills and social, me um, social media, you know, lies or distruths or whatever, I, I came to find out that people didn't even know what the principles of money were. So 
they come to the class and they think it's um, a pyramid scheme. They think it's a Ponzi scheme. They think it's fake. I, mean, I, I People would say so much. And when, when I noticed, I would just say, well, what is money? You're saying it's not money or it can't be money or it can't be used as money. So what is money? Like what, what makes something considered money or not money? And because well, so many people could not answer that question, I now I don't even ask it anymore. I just put the section in the introduction class and we go over the different characteristics of money. And then I go over the characteristics of Bitcoin and we do a short comparison. And at the end, I say, OK, so is Bitcoin money? Does it qualify? Can it be used as a money? But, um, well, you know, this is uh, this is extreme. It is so basic and fundamental that we think we know what it is and we don't. So here is a simple explanation of what is money. Money is an idea representing work truly done, backed by the confidence that someone will accept it for what you say it's worth, and it is, it is exchangeable. If it does not have all of those characteristics, it's not money. So money is an idea. It's a concept of work. That's what it is. And it represents work truly done. Now, what does that mean? Uh, let's say you're in school, you take it and you cheat, but you get an A on the test, but you cheated. But there was no work truly done. The problem is when you get actually on the job site and they expect you to know this stuff, you don't know it. So there was no work truly done. You must actually do the work. Uh, it also uh, must be accepted backed by the confidence that someone will accept it, what you say it's worth. So say if somebody wants to sell you a chair and they'll, they'll say, okay, I'll give you a hundred Canadian dollars. Would you accept it? Well, maybe not because you may not know what a, a Canadian dollar is worth. So if you would not accept it at what they say it's worth, it's not money. Mm. And it's also exchangeable. You must be able to take whatever it is that people consider money and take that and buy a, a chair or buy a cow or whatever. So it depends on where you are and what a, you're doing. But money has been barter. here. That's how I say it in the class. A say long, it again? A, a long chain of barter. So I can barter yes. here with one person, then they can take it, they can barter it there with somebody else. Yes, yes. You can barter somebody, so, yeah. So think about it like this. If you're in a place where there's a famine, then food is money. You can trade food for a car. If you're in a war-torn country, then arms are money. People want guns. If you're in the desert, what's, what's, what is money in the desert? The water. Water. Shelter, yes. shade, water. Yes. If you're in a drug-infested community, what is, what is money? Exactly. It, it could be opioids, cocaine. You know what I mean? Uh, in different places, for instance, a uh, long time ago in, in Holland, tulips were money. You could trade tulips for, you know, a house. Uh, it, back in when they first, the age of exploration, when they found the Caribbean and sugarcane and rum, then rum was money. You know, so what I'm saying is, especially at this time, with the, uh, with the virus and all that going worldwide, things are changing all over the place. Mm -hmm. So I even had to change my concept what is money? That's why I bought that Bitcoin because I can't see it. I can't touch it. By time, but, 
by the time this airs, I am going to be anxious to find out <laughs> what is what is uh, buying and selling and trading stocks going to be with what has just happened uh, with this whole GameStop and them shutting down all these exchanges. So things are changing rapidly. Yeah, yes. So the point is, if you can take whatever it is, the, the Bitcoin, and trade it for a car, and then they can take the Bitcoin and trade it for um, something else, then that's what money, it's exchangeable. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal. So money is an idea representing work truly done, backed by the confidence that someone will accept it, what you say it's worth, and it is exchangeable. And if it does not fit all those characteristics, it's not money. So Jerome, However, yes. why do you think they don't teach these? This is such a basic principle that you can't survive in the world without. <laughs> well, how come you think it's not taught? Do you, uh, why do you assume, why do you think they assume, how are, how are supposed to, people supposed to learn this? Are they just going to learn in their household from their families? Um, you know, and when you don't, when you don't know right, you don't teach right. When you don't know right, you don't do right. So if you had somebody who was not good at money in your family, and then obviously they're passing on their skills to you, why do you think there's no central, I, I don't want to say central authority because I don't even like that, but why is there not any formal education woven into well, any of the educational systems to teach these things? I think you got companies like um, Amazon and, and Facebook and Apple and on and on, and they're saying, bring me your tires, your poor, your huddled masses, you're in the breed free. And they'll take those huddled masses and put them to work for $10 an hour. And um, you're a worker bee to them. And, and that is beneficial to them. And it's okay. It's okay to be a worker bee if you love what you do. But if you don't love what you do, then it's just work. Uh, if you don't love what you do, then money is a a job is a temporary answer to a long-term problem. Um, one of the benefits of having a job, some of the benefits of having a job, just kind of, and I've thought quite a bit about this because I've never had a job since I was, I've never had a job for more than a year since I was 17. And what I thought is the benefits of having a job is that people will pay you to make mistakes. You make mistakes, they'll still pay you. You work for yourself, you pay. Um, mm, you can also <laughs> make connections. You know, you can make connections. The people who who are, you know, valuable and who know different stuff. You can also, because if you do a job every day, you can see what is needed and what is wanted and what is not being done. In that space is niche. And that's where fortunes are made. That's where entrepreneurs live, right in that little niche between what is needed, what is wanted, and what is not being done. That's why this podcast is so important, because she's saying, here, this is money, and this is what it does, and this is how you treat it, and this is some of the characteristics, and what, how, to, how to act, and how to think about money. That's why this podcast is important. It's Look, a niche. You may have just titled it for me. Thank you very much. I wasn't sure You're exactly welcome. where we would go with this, and what all, what, <laughs> what the topics would all be included, but Okay. And then also another reason to have a, another good reason to have a job is that you can save your money and buy your freedom like the slaves did 150 years ago. Now the downside of having a job is 
it's hard to win because somebody else makes all the rules and the rules are designed for them to win. Board members, owners, um, stockholders, managers, the rules are designed for them to win, not you, the worker bee, the poor, the title, the, the huddled masses, you're in the brief. It's not for you. So It's hard to break even because somebody else tells you when you come, when you go, what your purpose is, how much you're go- they're going to pay you, when you can take a vacation, where you can live because of how much you make, what wall you're going to lean on. And if you take another step up the ladder, how many ladders, how many steps you're going to take? It's hard to break even like that. And it's hard to get out of the game because of accumulation of debt, cars, clothes, kids, credit cards, all that stuff costs money, man. And so, you know, it's like, I owe, I owe, so off the work I go kind of thing. And it's hard to wean yourself off of that milk when actually what you want is freedom. Um, Let me give you an example. So for the ladies out there. Do you remember the first time your mother let you wear lipstick and pantyhose and things like that? You might have been in high school or who knows. But from that day until this day, you've always had lipstick and pantyhose because once you cross over, you can't go back. Freedom is like that. Once you taste freedom, you don't want to go back. You don't want somebody telling you what you better do and this and that and I'll write you up. That's when you say, I'll write you up. I don't, care. I don't need you. Kiss my ass. I don't need you. That's why you want to save and tithe and invest. When I first started. Jerome, start, uh, we're going to yeah. have a discussion here. Remember? Okay. <laughs> You've gone about 20 minutes straight. <laughs> I warned everybody in another podcast episode. I said he can get a little preachy. And you're sharing great information. You are really sharing great information. So, you know, let's, okay. let's, let's, let's have a little I'm, discussion I'm here. That's okay. I'm sorry about you're, that. You're skipping from story to story to story. I want to make sure everybody, you know, can get some questions in there. I'm kind of acting as a little bit as the audience because I've heard most of these stories before. Okay. So I want to be yep. sure that we can stop here and there and I can maybe interject some questions. Okay. Uh, but one thing I want to step back to really quickly, I mean, you went through this so fast and kept on talking, was the um, parables from the outskirts of polite society. First yeah. of all, I know that was a ways back, but um, I will share the information on how you can get his book. Um, that will be in the notes. Jerome did not mention it. Do you want to say it out loud really quickly where they can find the book? It's on Amazon.com. Okay. And uh, yeah, so the J period, R period. Summers. It's space. You put a space in it. J period, R period, space, Summers. S-U-M-M-E-R-S. And you'll see my picture. Uh, you know, tall, dark, handsome guy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and it's parables from the outskirts of polite society. And it talks about all kinds of things, the value of making mistakes. You know, because if you're scared to make a mistake, you're already making a mistake. You're already screwing up. Yeah, you um, got here. I've got one a copy in front of me. So you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You've got seven books, which yes, all have seven. each book has many stories in them. Mm-hmm. Topic. And some of the topics are, are courage, freedom, business, family, you know, on and on. But uh, I mean, because it's a it's a broad range of things, but each one has something you can hold on to. Um, 
And I want to read, um, I want to read the the intro paragraph to wealth since this is a financial well, podcast. Um, this story is what's the, is the story called wealth? I think it is. Yes, it is. Story is called wealth. So if you get his book, this story is on page 119. It's titled Wealth, and this is just the intro paragraph because I share little things like this all the time. Not, um, I don't have it as succinctly as you have, but here it is. It says, wealth, I'm going to ask you to take a stretch of consciousness right up front. God makes too much of everything we need to prosper in abundance. Abundance and scarcity coexist. They are flip sides of the same coin. Every day we make a choice. Most of us get in our own way. What we usually lack is some combination of courage, commitment, creativity, curiosity, and or cooperation. Most of all, we lack a compelling purpose and faith that we can actually have the life we want. If you try, you may or may not reap the benefits. At the very least, you can learn to plant the seeds of wealth. If you don't try, you'll always pay the toll. So I love that paragraph. That's a great paragraph. Hopefully no, you guys, you. yeah, hopefully you got, there's a lot of points in there. There's a, abundance and scarcity coexists. Um, I love that line. What you don't try, you'll never have basically. And not trying is the lack of courage and commitment. I mean, even me with this podcast, to be honest, I was never goaling for a podcast, really. I was I was really goaling just for the website and to get my consultation services going. And now here I am at a at a podcast and working on some additional projects. So, you know, it just took courage. It took a little courage. It took commitment, obviously. And then it took some, I'll say cooperation, because I had a lot of people helping me and pushing me from behind. So I like it. You guys go out and get his book. Um, it's a great book. They're very short stories. You can read them. Probably the longest one will take you 10 or 15 minutes tops to read. So I'm going to push your book. Also, something you were saying, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, you know, I wanted to step back because something else you said, Jerome, I'm thinking about the things you've taught me, the things I've learned. So obviously you taught me a lot about gold and bullion, principles of money, how to save, how to invest it. Um, but then, you know, you guys have heard me talk about my grandmother, Beulah, who bought me the stock and my aunt Edna. So my aunt Edna is Jerome's mother. And my grandmother was the one that bought me the, the Turner Broadcast stock. And my aunt Edna would be the one every year that would give us those stupid savings bonds. Yeah. <laughs> going yeah. to call them now stupid savings bonds. Or back then, that's what I called them. But yeah, so, you know, we talk about tangible things and, and learning to invest in different ways to invest. It was your mother that pushed me into the savings bonds. Um, yeah, she would give us those savings bonds definitely every Christmas. Maybe yeah. for birthdays and graduations, she may have given me some, but you know, they came in handy. I had them all until they fully matured. I had them until they overmatured. Um, by the time yeah. I cashed in some of mine, they were way over 10, 20 years old. So they, they had extra value, but yeah, they mm -hmm. taught me different things. And then I, I got to give a shout out because when you're talking about working and the rules are always made for, you know, the company to win, they come out ahead. You've got all these people ahead of you or above you making the rules. So my uncle, 
Donald Michelin, he's the one that sat me down one time and he, I remember him giving me a short little lecture about Kai, you got to know the rules so you know how to win. I mean, that stuck with me. That's been years, but he always told me, you, you got to know the rules. Once you know the rules, you know how to win the game. You know how to play the game, Absolutely. you know how to win the game. Now, what does frustrate me is those same CEOs and, and presidents start changing the rules when you start winning because they are very sore losers. They do not like to lose. They have no intentions on ever losing and they'll cheat to win. But um, yes. yeah, I'm great at, at figuring out the rules. I am I'm great at reading the fine print and figuring out the rules because I'm going to figure out how to get around them or how to beat them. Well, uh, let's extend on that. When you work for yourself, you create the rules mm -hmm. so that you got a shot at winning. There's not a guarantee that you'll win, but at least you got a shot at it because the rules are tilted your way when you make the rules. Right. So there you go. Right. Uh, let me say this also about Kai. You know, over the years, years have passed now, and Kai has become so remarkable at, at uh, all of this financial literacy and, and investing. And so she's probably probably the wealthiest person in our, in our family. She probably is. So now... Hey, 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 <laughs> Okay, okay, hey. okay. All right. <laughs> so here's my point. If I don't know much, I don't invest much. If I know a lot, I invest a lot. But I always consult Kai first. Now, the tables have turned. And now I consult with her. And she's just that great, man. She's really good. I love her. Man. I love this. I love her. It's simple as that. Oh. And I respect her wisdom and her knowledge. I really do. Um, so then shout out to Kai. You know, there you go. Oh, um, thank you. I'll take my pat on the back. <laughs> now, can I say something about wealth? Yes, go ahead. All right. I took this class, How to Get Rich for World Peace, because I figured world peace was a good reason to get rich. I was a greedy fat caterpillar eating up all the leaves. I had businesses and I was making six figures a year, suit and tie every day, traveling around the world. Anyway, so I took this class. It started on, on uh, January 8th, I believe. And now it's like the 17th and or the, the 19th of January. This was some years ago. And I came down for breakfast early in the morning. It was at this beautiful resort in Hawaii. And there was only one guy down there, one of the millionaire guy. And he said, I've made $17 million this year. It's just the 19th of January. He said, not all of it's mine. Only maybe eight or six or eight million is mine, but normally it takes me all year to make that much. So I figured I better shut up and listen, you know. <laughs> so he said, um, people think it's about money, but it's not. Money's just a way to keep score. People, the reason why people don't make much money is because one, they don't know what they have to exchange. Money is a medium of exchange. Another reason is what they have to exchange doesn't have a lot of value. Another reason is they don't know how to duplicate or enhance or maximize or leverage what they have to exchange. If you don't know about leverage, you work too hard. Leverage is more for less, more impact with less effort, more work done in less time, more bang for your buck. He said, but wealth is the ability to survive a number of days forward without the addition of more work and without a drop in your lifestyle. At that point, the question becomes, how many days forward can you survive if you stop working today? That is your level of wealth. I always thought it was about how much money you make. It's not. It's about 
at this point, I would rather have a thousand dollars that I did not work for than three thousand that I did work for. Right. Because a thousand dollars represents wealth. And, and so I measure I, my wealth in freedom. It and it's the same thing that you're saying. How many days could I not work? and maintain my lifestyle. So I see that as freedom. How many days, how many days can I not work and be free to do whatever I want to do? Yes. And the, per, the, the, the intent is to extend that number of days to forever, yes. but not just for you, but for your children and even grandchildren. Uh, Proverbs 13, 22 says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children and the wealth of the sinners laid up for the just. And I'm not going to get all holy ruler on you here. But, you know, I think about things like that. I said, well, I need to create wealth for my children's children. Um, I will say, here's one, one thing that I do. There are many forms of wealth, physical, spiritual, emotional, financial, intellectual, and maybe more. So here's, a, a, here's how I keep score. And I do this on my birthday, and I do this on New Year's every year. So you might want to really pay attention to this uh, because there are different forms of wealth. Have you taken a class in the last six months that, to build your intellectual wealth, the intellectual ability to survive a number of days forward without the addition of more work and without dropping your lifestyle? Have you read a book this month? Now, a book can be emotional, spiritual, intellectual. We don't know. What we do know is that the smartest people in the world write things down so they can preserve their place in posterity, and that a person who can read and does not is as illiterate as a person who cannot. Have you saved or invested from your last paycheck? It gives you the financial ability to survive a number of days forward without the addition of more work, without jumping your lifestyle. Have you helped someone this week? Because when you help somebody who feels good, you do. It gives you the emotional ability to survive a number of days forward, blah, blah, blah. Have you physically exercised this week? gives you the physical ability to survive a number of days forward without the addition of more work, blah, blah, blah. And have you prayed today? It gives you the spiritual ability to survive a number of days forward without the addition of more work, without a drop in your lifestyle. These, because there's more than one form of wealth. And the greatest form of wealth is not actually your money, it's your relationships. Because when, you, you know, when you're on your deathbed, who cares how much money you got? You want to know if somebody's there holding your hand and saying, I love you to, to the very end. You know what I mean? So concentrate on all the, what I'm talking about is balance now, balance in your life, physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, intellectually. And it's what you don't pay attention to that affects all the other ones. So pay attention to build those different forms of wealth. Exactly. Kai? Yeah. That, well, hey. Ready, set, free podcasts where we want you to be financially free, emotionally free, spiritually free, and physically free. This is yes. a financial podcast, but we take breaks to talk about other things in our life, other areas. You do have to yeah. have a balance between them all. And uh, hey, shout out to Mama Evelyn. Uh, I'm taking classes. I just completed her authentic allure class a class geared towards women. Um, that class was about returning to your authentic self. I want to give her a shout out because I take a lot of her classes. She's one of C-list teachers and I, I just adore her and her husband. 
Um, and she has another class coming up for people who want to sign up. Um, the next class is going to be, I think it's called A Woman's Work. And I'm really looking forward to this class. I'm giving her some free publicity, but that's because okay. I love her. But um, next class is A Woman's Work. And that one is actually going to help me uh, in, in my business, basically help me. And this is a new business. Kai financial LLC is new. It just started in October, November. This podcast is brand new. So I'm still feeling my way through it. That physical mm-hmm. part I'm still working on physically, physical preparedness. I'm, I'm doing excellent physical exercise. I'm gonna get on here and just, you know, I'm not going to say too much, but I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> My best friend Estelle is on her way here to visit me very shortly. She's the fitness guru. And she's going to do her best again to get my ASS in shape. She stays after me. Estelle, I love you. But uh, yeah, so you guys hear me say that. Here it is from Jerome. This is the first time Jerome and I've had this discussion about the different areas of wealth and, and balance. So he and I have not had this discussion before, but here we are on the same page once again. Mm-hmm. Can I just on this something else? Uh-huh. Um, all wealthy people, and this is what I found out, just being with a bunch of millionaires all the time. Not all the time, but I've gone to a few classes where I was like, the only reason they even let me come is because the guy liked me. Mm-hmm. And But all of his friends were certified investors, meaning they make at least $200,000 a year every year for years and years. And you know, people who go to work every day, they call them W-2ers based on how they pay their taxes, that kind of stuff. That's how they, they think in terms of money, you know. But anyway, bottom line is what I got from there, I got two things from there. One was about balance and those that keeping the score, like I just said. Another was that all wealthy people save and they tithe and they invest. Now, the saving and investing part I got, but it was the tithing part that was hard for me because I, didn't, I was a greedy fat caterpillar eating up all the leaves. You know, me, 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 what I like, what I want. You know, if I didn't mean anybody any harm, but if I saw a dagger sticking out of your chest, I'd just step over you. I'll call, I'll call 911 when I get where I'm going. I got to go. I'm busy. You know, but Caesar must get his doing taxes and God must get his doing goodwill towards men. So when I lost everything twice, I said, okay, God, I'm going to give. I'm going to give 10%. And now understand, for me, it was like paying protection money to God so he wouldn't take my stuff. That's, I thought it was terrible, but that's how I felt about it. And uh, then, so I started giving to the food bank because the food bank got 14 pounds of food for every dollar I contributed. I didn't want to give to the church because I felt like, well, that's a bunch of poor people in the church. I'm not giving it to them because they don't know what they're doing with the money. This is straight greedy fat caterpillar thinking here. And I thought, man, 14 pounds of food for every dollar, even though I don't get it, but that's still a good return on, on the dollar. And then finally, and I thought, man, I'm really helping these people because I was making a good nugget of money. I was giving a pretty good amount. And I thought, man, I'm really helping these people, but arrogantly, you know. Then I realized with all the hunger in the world or just the hunger even in this community, what I'm giving is just a drop in the bucket, first of all. But what I realized is something that came up. It's like, um, you know, some people say uh, an eye for an eye, a finger for a finger. or um, the magnificent law of cause and effect or on the street, they say, what goes around, what comes around? Well, I said, well, if I give, it'll be given unto me. So 
I started, you know, I started giving more freely. And I started looking for blessings. I said, I must have some blessings coming. And when I started looking for them, I just started seeing blessings coming to me all the time. And so I started giving more. Until finally, I, even now, I give until it hurts. Because now I want to live on my giving and not on my earning. I'm going I'm to read one paragraph to you, and then I'm going to put a little sky. You can, I mean, I'll stay as long as you wish, but I just want to read Go this ahead. one paragraph. Go ahead. All right. So on page 151, it's in my book. Okay. It says, I never want to work just to earn a living. I never want to compromise the integrity of my dreams just so I can pay bills. Don't discount your dreams. They're a powerful expression of who you are. I don't want to prostitute myself for money, going through a job I don't like, and toughing it out for however many years. I want to express my own natural gifts, talents, and experiences to improve life on the planet. I want to leave an inheritance for my children's children. I want to create artifacts that change the way people live. I want to give away an increasingly significant portion of my earnings and never even feel it. I work for real wealth, real freedom, and real happiness, not just for money and security. That way I can be true to who I am and live without regret. That sums up my book right there. All right. How about that? That's great. I, you know, I like the book. I love the book. We're going to get everybody okay. else to get the book. Somebody told hey. me um, just this week that I should write a book. I don't, I, writing a book's never been on my to-do list, but it was a nice thing. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll help <laughs> you do that if you wish. I'll help you if you want to do that. You know, you know how many projects I have sitting on my, my lap right now? I know, but we digress, don't we? Oh, yeah, we digress. <laughs> Maybe in the future. Maybe in the future. Okay. Now, I do have my right. budget and, and financial budget and investing journal planner. You guys can get that if you'd like to help me out. $21.95 at readysetfree.me. So that's what we're working on right now. I'm, I'm trying to, you said something again too about people not being able to leverage and not using their money properly because a lot of people don't even know what they have. So right. that is the reason if, why I created the um, financial journal. Um, and if you don't know about leverage, you work too hard. Mm-hmm. How can you do more with less? How can you get more bang for your buck? How can you get make your time go further? Understand what it is that you have to exchange and then multiply it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know um, I'm the bargain queen now. I'm yeah. I will bargain you today. I, <laughs> I yeah, like a, yeah. I like a good deal. Well, I hit here retail because I think that's what God made consumers for. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll let my friend Munson Steed tell it. Retail is for dummies. <laughs> Another person who supported me for, uh, you know, a decade, over a decade, one of my great friends and good supporters. But well, we shop one day and, and it has never left my mind. Retail is for dummies. Munson said that one day we were at the mall. And so now that has always given me a syndrome about paying full retail. Now I'm always looking for the deal. I'm like, okay, what's the deal? What can what can you give me? What's and I'm not a barterer. I don't even like to barter. But now, since he said that to me, I'm like, okay, let me see what deal I can get. Well, I'll tell you something. With uh, with my kid, she's like five years old, snagitude, right? Six years old, whatever. I took her to the bank and I said, there's some things you have to know before we open this bank account. Um, I'm going to give you five dollars a week, but you have to put two dollars in the bank. 
give a dollar away to somebody who's less fortunate than you and you can spend two dollars. And if you do that for 12 weeks in a row, I'll double your money in the bank. So your $24 will become $48. But there's some things you need to know before we open this account. So we're in the parking lot and I'm saying, okay, first, the first thing you gotta know is 10% of all you earn is yours to keep. In other words, before you pay bills, before you get gas, before, before you get lunch, whatever, you take 10% off the top and you save it for yourself. That way in 10 paychecks, you have a whole paycheck. In 50 paychecks, you have five whole paychecks. You know, you, at some point, you got a bankroll. You know what I mean? You got a nugget. All right, 10% of all you earn is yours to keep. And we practice that in like five minutes. All right, the next one is the trick to money is having some. And so we practice that, you know, another five minutes. The trick to money is having some. Okay, good. The third is never pay retail. That's what God made consumers for. Because we practice that. So we go in the bank and so we get to the front of the line and this little bitty snag tooth kid and she hands the lady her $5. I want to open a bank account. And uh, the lady said, oh, what a cute little kid. You're saving your money. And she stood there. She said, threw her arms up in the air and said, the trick the money is having some. And everybody starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, teach your kids. I so they're not Sheila. coming back to I pay Sila yeah. Bitcoin now. She doesn't. Yeah. Give she gets so much but, cash from everybody else. I now pay her in Bitcoin. All right. Well, pay her, but teach her still, because otherwise she'll just be a consumer. But she'll be a little kid with a whole bunch of money instead of a wise, you know, a wise person about them. So be sure to teach her. Oh, I'm teaching. Um, I know you do. I know you do. It just rubs off. It would, it would have to. Um, is there any question for me or for you or anything else you want to talk about? No, I think I think people are going to enjoy this episode. Um, I feel like you've been my non-existent co-host all this time, the way I refer to you all the time. <laughs> like I said, that's why last week I was like, uh, maybe I should just have Jerome come on and speak for himself. That's literally <laughs> the thought that ran through my head as I'm telling people all your little secrets. I'm like, well, maybe I should just let him speak for himself. So that is the reason why I went ahead and invited you on. I mean, you'll come back. We'll see what the feedback is from this episode. I think people are going to enjoy it. They tend to enjoy episodes where I just spill out all my life on the on the airwaves. That one tends to get very popular. So um, yeah, no, I appreciate you coming here. Is there anything you want to say? Anything else? No, just be sure to save and tithe and invest. But also understand that your greatest form of wealth is how you your relationships with other people. That's a big deal. It's not just about the money. It's having balance in your life. Mm -hmm. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, intellectually, have all of that because what you don't pay attention to affects all the other things. And that's important. Mm -hmm. uh, treat your kids well because one day you'll need them more than they need you. Just like I'm consulting with Kai now when before she would consult with me. You know, I'm very happy about that. I'm, I'm almost humbled. I am humbled by that. It's 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 um, emotionally fulfilling that she would invite me. You know, I feel very honored by that. So thank you, Kai. Thank you. Oh, wow. No problem. No yeah. problem. Thank you for teaching me. Thank you for taking me under <laughs> your wing. You know, we, we know you get preachy. We know that. But I yeah. was listening. I, clearly, I was listening to most of it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. 
I'm gonna give a shout out also to my dad, Blam Wilson. Uh, my brother-in-law Andrew shared something with me a couple weeks ago on Facebook that he gave my nephew. He gave Cole some words of wisdom for the new year, and his, one of your rules. He said, "Rule number one: never be broke." <laughs> so that's right. That was my dad's wisdom to uh, his grandson, my nephew Cole Fleming, and I'm sure. I don't feel like I remember my dad ever saying this to me, but I'm sure he did tell me that. Rule number one. Get a silver coin. Get a silver coin or a gold coin and put it in your pocket. Hey, well, I'm going to need you to go back to our coin, our favorite coin dealer. And um, on last week's episode, uh, my guest was Janetta. And Janetta had these um, silver certificates, the old silver certificates. Yes, yes. Yeah, I want one. I want some of those. So I was actually going to call him this week and I have not done it yet. But when you're there next time, could you check and see if he's got some silver certificates? I'd like to buy one or two. And next I got to go out give you a call. Thank you. And I got to catch up my panda, my panda collection for Sela. I dropped okay. the ball and I missed a few years and so I'm trying to play catch up. If I have to buy at the uh, secondhand market or the second, I don't know what you'd call it, second secondhand market open market I don't know. yeah I don't well know. if i have to do that i'd rather buy it from him so just okay. putting that out there to save put on your mind when you go back i had no idea you were going to see him but that's okay so this for the record silver right now i bought these coins for 34 dollars a piece but i remember when they were like 14 dollars a piece mm -hmm. you know 12 i think a piece. when i started with silver it was 15 yeah yeah so 14, 15 dollars. Um, they went up just in the last couple of years because a couple of years ago they were like twenty five dollars a piece, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. twenty six dollars. You know, um, the price doesn't go down. Well, not generally. It can go down a little bit, but not a whole lot. And but over time, the value of the dollar can go down. I know that, and I got a lot of this from Kai that the dollar is becoming more or becoming less of less value per unit mm -hmm. and so you know gold silver bricks bitcoin other forms of investment stocks whatever i mean i don't know i mean you have to pick whatever you're comfortable with but i am slowly kind of getting away from the the paper dollar as much as i love bankrolls man i love to spread out a thousand dollars on the dead spread i love doing that i just love to have that big nugget like, i love that but that's got to go. Yeah, you know? the dollar is the dollar's been declining for quite some time. But I saw the first article a few weeks ago where it actually said it actually said it. Uh, the dollar, I think the dollar loss was it seven percent last year, something like that, seven percent. Mm -hmm. So, and that's the published rate. I highly doubt that's the true rate, but that's that's what they're saying in the public. So, seven percent is probably like ten. <laughs> Yeah. You can't necessarily so, bank um, off of what they say in the public, but they're they're claiming seven percent. So I'm gonna go with uh ten to twelve. Buy Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, not only that, but I'll I'll say one other thing. God gives all of us natural gifts and talents and characteristics. If you have children, by the time they're five or six year old years old, you already know what their talents and gifts and characteristics are. Well, all of us have them, all of us, something that we're exceptional at. But normally, the, the problem with having gifts and talents is to the person with them, they think it's normal. They think it's no big deal. They're just being who they are. So pay attention to what people compliment you on 
pay, pay attention to what people ask you questions about. What they're telling you is what your gifts and talents are, what your characteristics are. And use those things to propel yourself in your investments and in time and money. And those will be a whole lot more fulfilling to you. And do it with your, with your children as well. Yay, I agree. I'm pushing my friends to do stuff right now. Right yeah. now, Miss Nikesha, Miss Jamie Gonzalez. Yes, people have skills and talents that you recognize that they don't necessarily yeah. recognize. So you're, your we're just friend, going to help them along. We are going to yeah, help your them friends along. and family recognize it more than you do. Because mm -hmm. to you, it's just normal. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to what your friends and family say to you and about you and ask you questions about. Because they see your gifts and talents be better than you do. So you're right. You're right about that, Kai. You're right. Yeah. And hey, they're pushing yeah. me to do stuff. I'm I'm pushing right back. This we yeah. are not I'm not traveling this road alone. If I'm gonna start using my gifts, so is everybody else. As I recognize everybody else's gifts, hey, I'm stepping out on faith. I'm getting into my groove, my element. I'm bringing everybody with me. So if you're there in you my go. circle and I recognize it, I'm going to be pushing you. All right. <laughs> All right. So thank um, you very much. We are at about an hour. Yes. You're very welcome. And God bless you, Kai. You're doing a really great job. I'm very proud of you. Very much so. Thank you. And um, I'm glad that, that your, your listenership is developing and you know, all of us are learning and growing and, and just keep up the good work, okay? Thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, I keep all learning right. from you. It's not over yet now. Huh? You still have no, not over yet. <laughs> you still have stuff to teach me. So thank you very much, you guys. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. If you haven't done so already, you can go to my website. Like I said, I have the budget and investment uh, planner. And it is designed to help get, um, get yourself on track, just to record things, to write it down. I don't have the best memory. So I, I, ugh, I have papers everywhere because I have to write everything down. So if that helps you, if you're like me and you need to write it down, it's a great investment for yourself. It's an undated planner. So you can buy it in any month and you can start it any month. Um, what else? Anything else? So. No, nothing I can think of. Anything, Orlando? No, Orlando says nothing else. So thank you guys for listening. This has been an episode of Ready, Set, Free podcast with your host, Kai Wilson. Like, subscribe, share, rate, review, all that good stuff. Please, please, please share it with your friends, share it with your family. I appreciate you guys listening. Ready, set, free podcast with your host, Kai Wilson. Bye-bye. Uh, 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 uh.